Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to see Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. Daniel Jones here with Cameron Teague Robinson on Wednesday, one day before Valentine's Day. Big, yeah. big time. Big, great time. Great time of the year. <laughs> great time of the year. Great time of the year. Well, this is a Mizzou Sports Podcast, and I feel like we have to start with the big news of the week for Mizzou Sports, which dropped today, and that is Mizzou is getting a chess team, Cam. Mizzou... (laughs) Please do try to contain your excitement. That was how everybody else was feeling, so... Listen to this story in the Tribune today from just a couple hours ago. Uh, Yeah, a little over an hour ago. Mizzou got a $800,000 gift from the St. Louis Chess Club. And MU announced Wednesday it had hired Christian Chirilla, a chess grandmaster from Romania, as its coach. He's rated 367th among active players by the World Chess Federation. And he's been a grandmaster since 2009. Are you a big chess player, Cam? I used to play chess a lot when I was a kid. Me me and my uncles used to play it all the time. I used to play chess with my dad. I know... uh, some people play online. Yeah. Our old boss, Joe Wall Jasper, is a big fan of playing chess uh, yeah, on his yeah. phone. I see him do that a lot. Yeah. Um, I haven't played chess in a long time, yeah, though. Yeah, same. I used to play it a lot with my uncles, and they taught me like how to beat people in like four moves. I think it was four moves. Where it was like you moved your, your top, um, what is it, rook? What is the top one? The one time you move one space. Pawns? Pawn. Why did I say rook? I don't know what I said. But you move. Are the, you sure you play? Yeah, chess no. Before? You move the pawn, the middle pawn, like because it can go two spaces off his first move. Uh huh. You move the one in front of the queen two spaces. Then you move the queen. That's how I used to beat all my friends. Cause they didn't know how to play chess. And then you would move the queen, and obviously they'd make their moves. And then two moves from that, you could win the game if they just were idiots. And my friends were idiots when they came to chess, so I'd beat them. In, I would beat all of them in like three or four moves every time. Did you ever beat your uncles? No, zero times. I beat my dad once. And we played chess a lot when I was growing up. Oh, that was talked. the best day ever. Yeah, I was going to say, I would have talked all kinds of trash. <laughs> so, yeah, keep on the lookout for that. Missouri chess team. Uh, found out, actually, that St. Louis is a hub for chess in the United States. In fact, some Missouri senators back a couple years ago. St. Louis is a hub for a lot of things. Chess, yeah. basketball, barbecue. Ba- don't, you're just trying to round me up. How dare you? <laughs> I thought you were going to say like uh, toasted ravioli and pizza. What do you think is a bigger m- mistruth that St. Louis is a hub for barbecue or pizza? 
Well, I've only had I've never had St. Louis barbecue. I've only I've have had Emo's pizza, and that's not real pizza. So <laughs> I'm going to say pizza just because I haven't had the barbecue. That's fair. That's fair. I'm sure St. Louis barbecue tastes good, but to call it a capital of barbecue, yeah, it's, 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 it's not Memphis. All right, moving on. <laughs> We're moving on to the next topic. Monday, we got a chance to talk to Athletic Director Jim Sterk. Uh, and there were some basketball games that happened. Missouri beat Arkansas last night, 79-78. Almost gave it away, but they managed to hang on by the skin of their teeth despite uh, Xavier Pinson having a costly turnover with yeah, nine seconds, seconds left, left yeah. that gave Arkansas a chance to win the game. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the loss to A&M. We'll talk a little bit about the Mizzou women. And I do want to mention that softball started their season last weekend. Just flew out of the blocks. Their first day of the season in a year that they were picked to finish last in the SEC, Mizzou run-ruled number 12 Arizona State, beat them 8 to nothing. Uh, and then on the second day of the season at, at a tournament in uh, Tempe, Arizona, they lost to number 25, Oregon, 6-1. to one. And then on the third day of the season, they beat Kansas 3-2. So Mizzou softball 3-2 and two to start the year. Already have a huge win over Arizona State. Uh, so that's looking good. It's always nice to beat Kansas. And yeah, you got to win over your, your historic rival, Kansas. Larissa Anderson quickly being introduced to the ways of Mizzou by playing Kansas so early. Really quick breaking news on the Mizzou Sports Podcast. The Missouri's game against Kentucky on uh, whatever day, Tuesday, has been with ESPN. Wow. Yeah, prime time for Mizzou. Prime time. At 8 o'clock, it's number five, Kentucky. Listen, if you play Kentucky, there's about an 89% chance that that game CBS will be ESPN. on ESPN. Yep. I don't think Kentucky has played a – maybe like they've played one or two games not on ESPN yeah. this season, but yeah. it's kind of like – I mean, yeah. They're just going to drag you to prime time yep. because everybody cares about Kentucky. Exactly. That's cool. Breaking news on the podcast. You're welcome. Next Still Tuesday against Kentucky it'll be on ESPN uh, also we talked about softball baseball will start their season this week uh, in Jacksonville Florida so Cam you'll actually have a couple stories coming up about baseball and softball uh, and then one other thing real quick it, it, we'll have a story on this uh, at some point coming up soon Kieran Reed Kieran Wood why do I call him Kieran Reed every time Kieran Wood Kieran Wood uh, a runner from England for Missouri has been on fire this season he's set school records every time he's competed this year he's already set the 3,000 meter record twice and he became the first Mizzou runner to ever run a four minute mile Uh, he has been on fire so keep your eye out on him and watch for a feature that'll either be coming later this week or next week Okay, we've touched on all that stuff. So let's talk about the conversation we had with Jim Sterk on Monday, which was pretty long conversation. We talked to him for about 40 minutes. Uh, Cam, it wasn't a conversation that actually brought up a lot of new information. It was kind of a rehash of what you know, maybe we already knew with a little bit of added context, but was there anything that stood out about uh, that conversation, things that uh, maybe you felt like were important that we didn't already know? Um, trying to think. Um, not too much, other than the fact that I think we just got clarification on how they're, what direction they were kind of going with the appeals process, um, and the kind of where the things that they necessarily want 
to appeal or things that they think that um, can be changed in NCAA sanctions. Um, like obviously they want the recruiting stuff taken away because that's also it's a very weird um, punishment um, and just different different avenues to go in with that. Also, the whole thought of like how long this might take and how this might affect each team's postseason chances. Like obviously the softball and baseball teams. Well, most likely have a stay, but if they aren't going to make the postseason, they can just they can choose to take their postseason ban now instead of um, next year. Um, so things things of that nature gives them some flexibility, Correct. I yeah. guess. And, yeah. and <laughs> whatever is the best outcome for them, will you know that, that's what they're going to do. Right, right. So that's obviously a positive. I think one thing <laughs> that was funny maybe a little bit uh towards the end of the conversation somebody asked jim sterk as well as andy humes who is like mizzou's head of compliance and um within the athletic department now about you know if if the appeal is unsuccessful will missouri sue the ncaa and they kind of both shook their heads a little bit said it was very unrealistic uh and reminded everybody that the ncaa is a volunteer organization so it's basically everybody chooses to be in the ncaa so if that you you know if you don't like it you can leave yeah i think is kind of the point that they were trying to make there uh so not likely that this whole process will end up in a lawsuit um as you said they're not appealing the whole yeah, all the penalties, right. and just a couple. They pretty much expected that there was going to be probation and some vacation of records. Right, right. I think, like you said, the recruiting restrictions, the postseason ban, all that stuff was what caught them by surprise, and that's what they're going to go after. Yeah. The other thing, I think, um, you know, I posted a – there was a, a story in today's paper, just a timeline kind of rehashing the entire – process and and all that happened leading up to the investigation one thing they mentioned yesterday was kind of reiterating that in the beginning of the investigation yolanda kumar was not a party to the case and that was when the ncaa enforcement staff was really leading the investigation it was only when the hearing panel came uh, came into the investigation and started doing the research that Yolanda Kumar was actually made a party to the case and they interviewed her and got her uh, opinion. So that was kind of one thing that, that maybe changed the tide of the investigation was, was when she was brought into it about midway through. And then the last thing, and this was what I thought was a major point, not just on Monday, but kind of going back to the day of January 31st, when all the penalties were made public Missouri, how is how Missouri has handled it? Oh yeah, yeah. They have been extremely forward facing. They've been extremely uh, media friendly in the last couple of weeks, trying to they combat have this these much sections. access to Jim Stark and right. I Jim, can't remember how long Jim Stark has made a public appearance uh, probably every other day yeah. since the sanctions were announced, and it's it's been I think a pretty targeted effort to reach out and bring the fan base together yeah. and unite them. I don't know. What do you what do you what have your thoughts been on how Missouri's handled this and how they've reacted to the penalties? Well my originally my thought was that all these people are coming out and I was like they can't think that like people coming out and sit, just being mad about the NCAA is going to change NCAA's mind. I think that was my initial thought, and I was like, that just that just doesn't make sense to me. But I think the more you think about it, the more you see kind of the, what they did with their fact, their like FAQ page, their fact page, and 
keeping everything in one particular location. Uh, it makes sense because like they're doing, they're trying to. I, that's, they're, I guess they're just trying to unite the fan base in just one central thing. Like, hey, everyone, be mad about this one thing. And also, while you're mad, donate to Tiger Scholarship Fund, buy season tickets, and support our student athletes. You know, what I mean, it just, it makes sense from a like strategic communications standpoint. I think that I think that might help actually in terms of just bring, bringing a fan base together. Um, but it's I, I think people just need to understand them doing all this isn't going to change the Timberlake's mind. The only thing that might change their mind is the appeal process. Them just going on Twitter and doing all this type of stuff isn't going to do anything. I think it's made to kind of unite a uh, fan base that was just always mad about something, also mad about things in different uh, areas. It's been a fragmented fan base yeah. for about three and a half years. Since, since pretty much the protests. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is Missouri sees this as an opportunity where you have everybody together. People that yeah. are mad about certain things. People that maybe haven't you know, been as invested in the football program. Uh, Mizzou fans everywhere whether it's a casual fan or a diehard felt slighted yeah. by what happened and I think this is the opportunity that Missouri saw was we can get everybody kind of back on the same yeah. page uh, and, and, and as you said so that meeting on Monday that same day Missouri announced huge changes to season tickets yeah. uh, they're going to lower the price of season tickets Which they, they, they didn't just release that before our meeting by accident yeah I don't think so and I think that uh, the fact that you know on that page where you have all the explanation of the NCAA appeals how or the NCAA penalties how Missouri's going to appeal it at the bottom of the page is a link to support to Tiger Scholarship Fund and and also buy season tickets right Uh, and and when we asked about the lawsuit you know people people are like oh the question was presented you know people are so mad that they want Missouri to sue the NCAA. The response was, oh, you know, you could just donate to Tiger yeah, Scholarship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that helps. Show us. us, show us your passion in <laughs> yeah, that way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, that's been, I think, the, the message is it's been a, okay, let's all circle the wagons and bring this fan base together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, it's smart. I think it's, a, it's yeah, a I don't think it's a bad idea. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it, might, it will work in different areas. I'm not sure it's going to totally bring sell out football the football stadium every single game this week but this this year but i think for um a pro uh athletic department that was still losing money is going to lose more money if all these appeals start uh hit i think it's a smart decision for sure yep uh we're going to take a quick break go to our sponsors and then we'll come back and talk a little missouri basketball before we sign off like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast, MU Healthcare, Columbia Water and Light, and Phyllis Nichols of State Farm. The University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of Mizzou Athletics. Columbia Water and Light encourages the efficient use of electricity and water because it can make a big difference for all of us. Find out more at columbiapowerpartners.com and contact State Farm agent Phyllis Nichols at 573-443-8727 for life, home, car insurance, and more. Thanks again to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. Cameron and I are back, and last night, Missouri got a win. Missouri men's basketball got a got a much-needed victory. Inched out of victory. Inched out of victory. 79-78 over Arkansas. At one point, led by 12? 14. I mean, 14. And like, early in the second half. So, it, it was uh, looking good, but 
I think anybody that's watched Mizzou basketball this season knows that 14 points uh, is not safe. Yeah. 20 points, probably not safe. At some point, it's going to be close. Yeah, it's funny because Jeremiah was talking about it at that and at the end of his in his press conference and he goes he goes yeah we, we built a big lead in the first half and then he goes like normal <laughs> they came back <laughs> so and it's, it's just that I wrote that in my post game uh, thoughts it's just like that echoes every single Mizzou fan right now it's just they cannot put a team away and Arkansas is not a great matchup for Missouri anyway no. a team that turns the ball over a lot yeah. and then you know, Arkansas is a team that likes to press Missouri, right. or Mike Anderson is a guy that likes to press and so you knew in the second half, they were going to get yeah. the press. Yeah. And that <laughs> history has told us what happens when Missouri gets pressed is usually bad. Yeah. It's usually yeah. not a good thing. So, 79-78, Missouri at the end. So, all right, Cam, you were there. I watched the game on TV last night. But walk me through the last minute of the game and what you thought was going to happen. Well, I, I, well I'll just I'll go to the last three possessions. Because Arkansas comes down, I think it was like, 20 seconds left maybe and Arkansas had, was, had the ball up three down three sorry down three and my thought was they can either go quick two or hold for the last shot and my thought was if they hold for the last shot Mizzou just ha- has to find Isaiah Joe which again and Isaiah Joe's like Mizzou, Arkansas sharp sharp shooter he did nothing in the first half and kind of had a pretty big second half to bring Arkansas back um, I was like I honestly I'd be rather you give up a dunk to Gafford than let Isaiah Joe get free so obviously they gave up the dunk I don't they didn't mean to give up a dunk but it was an alley-oop to Gafford who was unbelievable all night yeah that was a great play yeah actually um, so and then it happened so quickly it was just like get dunk everybody in the media row was like typing on the computer and then you hear whistle blow off at the foul we were like what and you couldn't even see Xavier Pinza from where we were because everyone was standing up and you had to look over people, but he pushed off before the... I think it was pretty, pretty clear foul. Yeah. Pretty uh, right. freshman mistake. Exactly. Freshman who, uh, mistake. A kid who had played a really good he, game. He did. He uh, Yeah, 11 points and nine he had rebounds. nine rebounds. Yeah. yeah. Again, we talked last time about Xavier Pinson getting rebounds yeah. being a positive. Yeah, so... He gets the off of the foul, and then so Arkansas has the ball under its basket with ten nine seconds left, at, down one. At this point, you're, you're thinking just like, game over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, I was like, I got to change my story. Everybody's like, Jesus, man. And so Conzo and Missouri thought they Arkansas was going to run the same play. So he, I don't know why you wouldn't run exactly, the same play. Exactly, and I think they tried to. So Conzo subbed Xavier Pinson out for Ronnie Suggs. Um, to, to extra length on the ball and a pick and roll and Mizzou, and Kondo said we're switching everything they're not because last time they tried to like they tried to um, get like he Jeremiah tried to go down on the screen he obviously couldn't get down there so Je- Kondo's like switch it Jeremiah you're going to be on a guard just don't let him drive past you and Jeremiah's uh, credit he did a really good job not letting him go by him he might have fouled him <laughs> but uh, Jalen Harris tried to just throw something up and credit to Ronnie Suggs for bo- boxing out Daniel Gafford he just like pinned him under the basket and just tipped the ball out to where Jeremiah could get the rebound um, and Missouri somehow found a way to win the game I um, Ronnie Suggs came up huge yeah unsung hero it was his birthday last night yeah. hit a big three yeah. in the second half a floater uh, right after that yeah that, that so five big points that kind of like kept the lead yeah. it kept Arkansas at bay yeah, almost yeah. And, and prolonged it because you know if he doesn't make that shot then Missouri's down in the yeah. last minutes of the game and having to score uh, Jeremiah Tillman was really good last night it was the, that 
battle between him and Gafford was like one of the most entertaining that was pretty, this year. Yeah, it was kind they of a clash of the Titans. Yeah. yeah, Tillman was not good against Arkansas in the no, first game, no. uh, but played a lot better at 21 points last night. Uh, just a couple days after getting wisdom tooth surgery. Yeah. Uh, Mike Anderson in this press conference goes, he should get his wooden tooth surgery all the time. <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah, he told I was, us. I remember having that done. I, I, uh, Jeremiah Tillman's out on the court playing yeah. against Arkansas. I was on the sofa watching Breaking Bad for like a week yeah. after getting wisdom tooth He, he said surgery. he had all four teeth removed and he had... That's an, tough, and man. He also had an affection in his bottom two teeth. That's tough. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. So, hey. But, um, yeah, that was that's a win Missouri needed really badly. They really had to get that W. Yeah, especially after what happened on Saturday yeah. against Texas A&M. you expected them to win that game. They were up nine points at halftime. That, so, <laughs> just as... Background: I was uh, traveling on Saturday, and I left St. Louis with Missouri up nine, and I didn't have a game on, uh, and I was talking to my family, who was act- actually at the game, and I was like, oh, how'd it finish up? And they were like, oh, Missouri lost. I was yeah. like, wait, you're joking, right? And they're like, no, they just totally collapsed yeah. at the end of the they game. couldn't score, couldn't get a stop. Ended up losing by nine points, uh, 68-59, pretty much total capitulation, which, you know, you're missing your two best players that are, you know, that weren't hurt at the beginning of the season, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith, so just didn't have the horses right. against and you, you didn't expect them to, uh, honestly, I didn't expect them to win that game going into it with Jeremiah and Mark Smith out, but when you go up 12 points... 13 points, however many it was. To a Texas A&M team that yeah. pretty much, you know, maybe they care, maybe they don't. Yeah, they have like spurts where like their times on that floor Saturday, but they look like they didn't even want to be in Columbia. They just wanted to be back in college station. Um, Sometimes I get that feeling about Billy Kennedy. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like Billy Kennedy doesn't really want to yeah, be there. Same. Maybe that's just his personality. Yeah. He kind of always talks like this. Yeah. Billy and I, Kennedy has like the most monotone voice oh, of any coach in the SEC. Yeah. So it is just, it, it just seemed like they didn't really want to be there. Um, but yeah, they sure turned that around really quickly. And Missouri kind of just collapsed. So again, you were expecting them to do the same thing against Arkansas. Um, thankfully for them, they held on. And this is what I was looking up just now. So Billy Kennedy, like you talk about him talking monotone, he has Parkinson's. I didn't find that out until Saturday. Um, now I feel real. Yeah, bad. and I was thinking about that, and I felt real bad too. So, and like his, I think Maybe it is. We have it, to go back and edit yeah, that. Out. No, it's so it's his medicine. Wow. Um, like I think it has some effect on like his reaction and his like how why he talks so like straight. And I thought about that the first time they played Texas A&M because they did like that SEC network live, like not live, but like um, mic'd up with Billy Kennedy. And I was just like, he talks like what's. Like why he is like I've no just energy. never seen a basketball yeah. coach of that kind of demeanor. Same, same, and I was just like, that's just kind of weird. Um, but I, I, and I, look, I was like, why is that? And somebody told me that, and I go, ah, that thank you for notifying me. Yeah, I am sorry, Billy Kennedy. <laughs> I apologize for making light of something that uh, yeah. he really doesn't have any control over. Yeah, in fact, uh, it's probably doing a good job handling it, 100%, considering yeah. the circumstances. Yeah, facts. All right, yeah. but thank yeah. you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. And I will not make any more comments about it. <laughs> but yeah, no. Anyway, Missouri has a has a problem giving up leads, and that's something I wrote about in my post game thoughts. Is this young team? You expect them to have ups and downs, but sooner or later they got to start winning games that they're supposed to win. Yeah, yeah. The Mizzou. Anything else about the Mizzou men? So they have a big one coming up next week against Kentucky, which kind of so real fast. You kind of have a weird situation going on in the sec standings where tennessee 
is the number one team in the country yep. and undefeated in the league. But yep. then number two is LSU, yep. which feels a lot of people anticipated them being a lot better this year, but they feel way yeah. ahead of schedule. Yeah. Uh, just beat Kentucky on a play that you said may or may not have actually counted, but yeah, yeah may or may should or should not have counted. Uh, Kentucky's number three. Again, I feel like Kentucky was picked to win the league, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. It didn't feel to me like they were the most talented team yeah, going into the Yeah, they turned it around uh, Auburn, which was the co-champion last year, has been kind of nowhere yeah, since conference season started. And South Carolina, which was – what was there? Five, like five. five and eight yeah. or something like that going into conference now – has a winning record in his top four in the SEC. Yeah, so it's been kind of crazy. What? Who do you think, besides Tennessee, if you were to rank like the next three or four teams, how would you rank them just in terms of best and worst? I would probably, and two and three is really, really, really tight. I would still, even though LSU beat Kentucky last night, I would still go Kentucky because they have the best defense in the SEC. Um, statistically, um, probably in a like, legitimately top ten defense. So, the like, if you you're saying if they were to play, if they like, were played again, I think Kentucky wins again. Uh-huh. Um, I think I don't know if they play at LSU this year, but I think Kentucky would win that game. Um, and then really close LSU. I think LSU is probably in terms of sheer talent, probably the most talented team in the conference. They are loaded. Um, experience uh, more talented than Tennessee. I think so. Like, I mean, just sheer like. Guys, you, you, you I think they're you, ex, they're explosive. They yeah. play at a different level. Yeah. a lot of times in that game against Missouri, it, at some points it was like watching the slam dunk competition. Right. And I think Tennessee has two of the three best players in the conference. But if you're looking up and down LSU's roster, I mean, Jermont Waters, Skyler Mays, Nas Reed, um, Kyler Bigby Williams, like they got dudes. Like um, so, they, I think they're three, and I think four. I would still probably go Auburn. Um, They've been up and down. I know um, – what's their big guy's name off the top of my head? I can't think of it. But he was out for like four or five games, um, and they've come back. But I'd probably go Auburn. Um, but it in that is probably – that's like a grouping of Auburn, South Carolina, maybe Mississippi State in there. Um, but, man, the top of the SEC looks really, really good this year. Yeah. So now we're going to transition to women's basketball. And since we last spoke, Missouri – made a big comeback uh, and was able to beat Texas A&M, number 18 team in the country. Uh, Sophie Cunningham had uh, more than 20 points, and uh, it looked like that game might have gone the way of uh, Mizzou men's game. The women were up by 10 in the first quarter. That lead was gone by halftime. And in the third quarter, they trailed by 10, and they were able to get – everything turned around in the fourth quarter kind of did the opposite of what they've done a lot of times this season which is turn things around in the fourth quarter the second half has been really tough for missouri the missouri women this year um but uh they were able to to get that one pulled out held kennedy carter uh the number one scorer in the sec to 10 of 27 shooting i believe was the final count can you imagine Playing with Kennedy Carter on your team would be great. I mean, she's yeah. a great player. Go. <laughs> but it would also be like when you play at the rec and there's that one guy on the she's team that all, I mean, you, it's like you pass it to him and it's a black hole. Like yeah. you never get the ball back. Yeah. That would be it's, – yeah. it's, it's, it's good and bad. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you go 10 of like 27. It's tough. That would be when it would really be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Texas a actually had a chance to win the game at the end and missed a uh, 10-foot jumper that would have won the game in regulation. Went to overtime. Missouri won 70-65. to 65. Uh, 
they got another uh, stretch coming up, and and you were on hand uh, when Robin Pinchton got her 500th career victory against Vanderbilt. Got covered in silly string after the game, and then her first, basically, her first priority in the press conference was like, "Yeah, we got we got Mississippi State Thursday." <laughs> which, is, which is really said, quote, "This is fun, but we got Mississippi State Thursday." Covered in silly string, yeah. like. No, we're looking ahead. We're yeah. being serious. Yeah. So I think that's kind of Robin Pinchton for she you. She said something around the sense of like, this is cool. Like, I'm, we had a good time today, but this train's rolling. We got to keep this going. I was like, wow. All right. can't, you, can't ce- you can't celebrate this for a second? Can you, can you celebrate until the yeah, silly string exactly. is like all gone? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's... I mean, there was silly string all over the floor. Yeah, it was a Out mess. On the court, like it was crazy. It was a mess. Yeah. So Mississippi State tomorrow uh, for the Mizzou women, Mississippi State the number one team in the SEC right now yeah. and a top 20 team, top 10 team, I believe, in the country. Yeah. So that'll be a test yeah. for sure. Um, but they've bounced back a little bit and uh, and getting a win over Texas A&M was big. Yeah. So, Cam, you and I are both yeah, uh, about, like to, clock. about to head minutes. out. We got we got interviews to go get. So I think we'll wrap it up here. You want to yeah. lead us out? Um, yeah. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, Sp- uh, Spotify, Apple Store. Um, rate, comment. Also, again, like I said, subscribe. Um, follow us on Twitter. Danny's at Daniel underscore M underscore Jones. I'm at CJ underscore Teague. Um, and we'll be back next week with another podcast. Danny, cue the outro music. Subscribe to Mizzou's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.